Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TNT. Um, happy Tuesday, you guys. My name is Carrie, and I get to serve here at New Hope and the pastoral care team. And you guys, we have the best church family ever, and our volunteers, y'all are over the top. You guys rock. Thank you so much. Um, this is our live Tuesday and Thursday devotional. I know you're already saying hi to each other in the chat. Um, if you happen to be watching afterward, it's not Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., um, or you're listening to this as a podcast, special shout out to you. We're glad that you found New Hope Church. Um, I'm honored to share the word with you guys today, and I hope you'll take a moment to go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform so that you don't miss anything. Um, And if you are tuning in live, have you ever known that you can go back and listen on the podcast later? It's pretty incredible. Um, Love that option, Uh, especially when you miss something, uh, miss a day or miss a point. Um, God is good and and thankful for technology. Uh, Today we're going to continue in our series on TNT that we've been doing in the parables of Jesus. Um, This time we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bible or pull out your Bible app and go to Mark chapter 4. But while you're doing that, um, would you guys let us know how we can be praying for you? Uh, Prayer's my jam. Uh, You can put a prayer request in the chat. Um, You can add something to the prayer wall. If you text the word prayer to 642123, it'll kick back a link to your cell phone of the prayer wall where you can share your prayer requests or pray for other new hopers there if you're a praying person. Also, I love last week when Pastor Jeremy challenged us to share how God's been answering prayer lately. I absolutely love that idea. That's one of the neatest parts of what we get to do. You know, prayer partners, we meet people on a really hard day um, and we pray with them, pray for them, and then we watch how the Lord moves in their lives. And it is so encouraging to hear how prayer has been answered for you and it encourages us and encourages the rest of the people that are uh, tuning in. So if you have a praise report today, if you could put that in the chat too, that'd be amazing. Thank you guys. Um, And one more quick thing, I have to say this about prayer partners. Um, They have done an awesome job, y'all, of making that big pivot from praying in person, uh, and then we went to praying over the phone and praying online. We kind of had to change some things up for the pandemic. And now, drum roll please, beginning this coming weekend, we're going to have prayer partners available up front for prayer after service again. Um, That's going to happen at all local campuses, uh, so we're excited about that. Plus, don't worry, we will continue to offer calls for prayer if you're still going to be online or if you're more comfortable with that option. So, Uh, Thank you guys for allowing us the privilege of praying for you and with you. Um, We're just honored to be able to do that. And so, um, as a matter of fact, let me go ahead and open us up in prayer before I get too far into this. (laughs) Y'all pray with me. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning just so grateful and so humbled and so uh, ready to hear your word, Lord. So I just thank you for a chance to gather here today and and this way and um, for you to get me out of your way, Lord, and your your words to be um, spoken and our hearts to be uh, softened and uh, that our ears would be open and our eyes could see you in a clear and new way. We trust you and uh, we love you, Lord, and we uh, lift up this time and welcome you in it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, last week, um, Larry taught us about uh, parables being those parallel stories about real life. And then they have a spiritual truth that kind of parallels like a metaphor connection between something that you kind of know pretty well. And then something that's about the kingdom of heaven. That's uh, those things are a little bit harder for us to kind of grab onto because we don't understand the mind of God. But using what we do know, our schema, we can maybe understand a little bit better if we hear that spiritual truth in the form of a parable. So in Mark chapter four, at the 
the beginning, in verse 2, Mark says, Jesus taught them many things in parables. And many of those parables are told in multiple gospel accounts. Um, So maybe in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and or John, a lot of the parables are repeated um, and retold over and over in the gospels, uh, except for the one that we're covering today. Uh, That's only going to be in Mark chapter 4. But when Matthew was telling about these same parables of the sower, the sower, the seeds, the weeds, um, that was over in Matthew 13, um, a couple books before that. Uh, Remember Pastor Matt was explaining to us that Jesus got out into the boat in that cove of the sower and that kind of formed a natural amphitheater where they could all hear him? That was amazing. If you didn't go back and watch the YouTube video of that, those guys went out and did that audio test. Pretty cool. Um, So the cove of the sower, that same day, that same sermon is where we're going to be today in Mark 4. Um, But I'm going to take a quick detour over to Matthew 13 this morning um, because the disciples asked Jesus that infamous why question. So I'm going to set this up for us. I promise we are going to get to Mark 4 (laughs) soon. But first, Matthew 13, starting at verse 10, it says, The disciples came to him and asked, Why? Why do you speak to people in parables? And Jesus replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And this is why I speak to them in parables. And then Jesus quotes Isaiah. He says, Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them, those who hear but don't understand, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts. And in turn, I would heal them. And here's the good news for us. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So that's my prayer for this TNT series on parables, that we might hear and understand, see and perceive our soft hearts. We would be blessed for having heard the word. So thank you, Lord, for the Bible and for the technology to be able to hear it in this way. Um, So we're going to head over to Mark 4. We're in verses 26 through 29, just three short little verses today. It's basically a brief overview of God's kingdom from that first sowing of the seed to that final reaping. So I'm going to read from the parable of the growing seed is how it's titled in my Bible. Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head, and as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. In Jesus' day, seeds were sown by scattering them to the ground. Imagine the satchel, and they they throw it out in the ground. They reach in and, and give it a good toss, right? Not every seed grows, but it's obviously better odds when many seeds are sown, right? Galatians 6, 7 points out the obvious to us. A man reaps what he sows. God created seed-bearing plants on the sixth day of creation, and when you plant a certain type of seed, you can expect that that seed will grow that type of plant. We know this, lima beans, seeds beget lima beans, right? But this parable is a lot more about what the seed does in secret, that part of the growth cycle that happens underground, out of sight. This is the, the physical truth that we know. Seeds grow when they're planted in the ground. 
But seeds develop in this complex, intricate process that humans and even botanists, you guys, still 2,000 years after Jesus spoke these words, we still don't fully understand or how to know how to explain this. Um, yet plants keep growing and bearing fruit and seeds and more growth and more fruit and more seeds. This is a cycle. It continues just the same, even though we don't totally understand what triggers a seed to germinate and sprout and grow. Um, it's a combination of things. So, but there's this continual planting, growing, harvesting that keeps going on in the natural world, but also in the spiritual world as well. Planting, growing, harvesting of our spiritual selves. God's kingdom is likewise growing, whether we realize how it's exactly happening and we can explain it or not, like in this parable, we can't even explain it. So think of the first time that you heard and understood about your need for Jesus. That was like the planting of the seed in your heart, right? But before that, the seeds are being scattered and your heart was softening to the things of God's kingdom. That your heart was being ready to kind of hear the good news. And then once those seeds took root in your heart, then you notice the growth, the change, and who you're becoming, and how you're thinking, and slowly but surely, that might be that underground just between you and God, just private in your own heart matter. You're maturing, and your heart changes little by little, and we see that little leaf blade sprout up out of the ground, right? When we get to witness growth, um, maybe like it's uh, seeing someone take the step of baptism, and finally that grain ripens, it's ready to harvest, eventually, Maybe one day when we finally get it all right, the harvest is going to come and the Lord calls us home. That's when he takes a sickle and brings us home, right? So we aren't totally responsible to know how and what all is happening underground in our hearts on that parallel path there. But we are responsible to keep scattering those seeds and let the seeds do their work. So... That made me think, what are those seeds? What does the Bible mean when it references seeds? The scripture used the word seeds to mean lots of things other than that actual literal meaning. Um, although sometimes seeds are just seeds to be planted and grow those plants of the same kind. But also seeds in the Bible are as lovely as good deeds over in Proverbs. Um, or also in Proverbs, seeds of strife, like gossip. It's in the same book of Proverbs that we studied earlier in TNT. Hosea said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Zechariah mentions planting the seeds of peace and prosperity and also refers to seeds being the children of Israel, referencing generations that come from seeds. And more on seeds as people here. We'll get to that in a minute. In the New Testament, the Bible refers to seeds as being the message about God's kingdom, the good news, God's word. Or also Matthew tells us, the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. So those seeds can be us, followers of Jesus, right? Earlier in Mark 4, before this parable of the growing seed, um, when Jesus was pressed by his disciples for an explanation, remember the parable of the sower, the disciples took him aside and said, what does that mean? <laughs> Jesus said, this is the meaning of that parable. The seed is God's word. So we're going to start with referencing the seed in the parable as being God's word. So what seeds... Are you planting in your heart? Okay. I don't know about you guys, but this is true confession. I have this running playlist in my head, a continual stream of radio songs from my childhood, um, songs from the 80s, 70s, 90s, uh, and sometimes they just pop out. I don't know. I like to play this game with my family where I just 
sing the songs that are going on in my head out loud. So just to tune them in on the DJ happening in my own head. <laughs> yeah, I would like to say they enjoy that singing, but <clears throat> I don't think they actually do. Uh, it's my own little personal musical that I have. Uh, but those songs that pop into my head, I'm talking like B-52s, Bon Jovi, Blondie, Beastie Boys. Backstreet Boys, Justin Bieber, anything, you guys. Lots of random tunes. They live rent-free in my head. It's crazy. And y'all, here's the best part. I think this can be the same for scripture or anything else we put a lot of time and energy thinking about. So do you ever think about what you think about? What do you allow to go through your mind? In education, they call this metacognition, catching yourself thinking and thinking about what you're thinking. So what do you focus on? What do you mull over? What do you spend a lot of time thinking about? What do you fill your mind with? Are we planting good seeds? Are we planting seeds that will produce the kind of crop that we are hoping to harvest? Those things that just pop out of our mouths or come to mind at just the right moment? Will we grow up a harvest of righteousness? Or is it more like a harvest of one-hit wonders? <laughs> I bet if we played the game of Jeopardy and one category was hit songs from the 70s and 80s and another category was popular Bible verses to memorize, I wonder how many of us would feel more comfortable at that first category of hit music, right? That's why I love listening to worship music that has scripture references in it. It's an easy way to hide those verses in our heart and have them pop out of your head for later. It's a good, good tip. Uh, Jesus wraps up this parable of the growing seeds by saying, when the harvest time has come, it's time to reap what was sown. So we shouldn't expect to pick a delicious watermelon, maybe, when all you've planted is lima beans, right? I'm going to reap whatever was sown. Uh, later in his letter to the Corinthians, flipping over to 1 Corinthians, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, he says, I planted the seed in your hearts, he's writing to the Corinthians, and Apollos came by and watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. Paul could have referenced the parable of the growing seed in Mark 4 right there in that verse. He could have said, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow, just like Jesus taught us in the parable of the growing seed, right? <laughs> this is that underground heart work of the seeds growing in our heart. We don't exactly see it, but we know it's God who makes those seeds grow. Paul also reminds us later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. Now, for this type of seed reference, I think we have to switch our focus from the seeds of Scripture and Bible verses and the seeds we're planting in our hearts to the seeds more like the generational seeds, those people, the ones we're passing the baton to. So go with me here. We're switching over the seeds become the people, right? So a seed, an actual seed in the physical world, it can't bear fruit unless it first dies and is buried in the earth, right? Jesus says... When he foretells his death in John 12, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. Jesus was saying he had to die for the message about God's kingdom to spread, which kind of reminds me of the believers being scattered in Acts 8, just like Pastor Howard taught us last weekend. If they hadn't scattered, then how far would the good news of Jesus have spread? And then Jesus continues in verse 25 of John 12. He says, those who love their life in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for their life in this world will keep it for eternity. So for God's kingdom, subtraction is addition. If there's less of me, that means there's more of him, right? I think it's important to remember that while the harvest is the culmination of that nature cycle of the seed, it also provides seed for future sowing. God's kingdom works in a similar fashion. It starts from the smallest of beginnings in our hearts, 
the hearts of men and women who are receptive to God's word. And that's that planting of the good seeds of scripture, right? And it works unseen and causes a transformation from within. That's that mysterious underground growth that we don't totally understand, but we know it happens. God makes it so. If we plant those seeds as God's ambassadors and we trust God for the growth that's going on in that person's heart, we're going to witness an incredible harvest, you guys. But the seed has to die and be buried before it can be made into new life, which totally makes me think of baptisms. <laughs> One of the things I absolutely love, love, love about my job is watching baptisms. I have seen hundreds of people go public with their faith, and actually that's an understatement because we've done hundreds of people on it one weekend, so I've probably watched thousands of baptisms by now. Um, it's going to be a pretty awesome party in heaven, you guys. Um, when we get baptized, it's a picture of us dying with Christ and then we're being raised as sons and daughters of God. I love the symbolism of this public profession of faith. The seeds have been planted. The heart has made a change for God. And then we see little evidences of the heart transformation. And that step of baptism is a very outward display of an inward decision to follow Jesus with your life. It's kind of like that leaf blade that pops out of the ground. We can start to see that the growth was happening all along, right? Our New Hope pastors do an awesome job of explaining how baptism represents Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, like in Romans 6. Think about it. When someone gets baptized, they go under the water, their eyes are closed, they're not breathing, they're dying to their own selves and their selfish sin nature, and burying that old person in the waters of baptism to be raised again, to live a new life for Jesus. It's a perfect picture of Jesus' sacrificial death, his burial, and his resurrection. Except, don't worry, the pastors don't leave anybody under the water for three days before they pull you back up, I promise. Even those people who've been worried about their past, like, oh my goodness, you have no idea. I've got so much junk in my past. You might have to hold me down a little bit longer. That's not how God works, you guys. He forgives us completely and perfectly. He washes us clean. And right there in front of all those witnesses at the baptistry, we rise up to a new, better full life with Christ and lots of cheering and lots of celebration and surely in heaven all heaven is going crazy wild for how excited they are when someone gets baptized and that's the story that we want for everyone isn't it for everybody everybody to know Christ and to do that we have to make him known that's our part to scatter the seed so that leads me to my question for you do you understand your God-given purpose to find lost people and introduce them to Jesus? There is someone in your life, someone worth leaving the 99 for and going after, someone that perhaps you are the only person in the whole entire world who is even thinking about introducing them to Jesus. At New Hope, we've all been challenged by Pastor Tim to identify our one, the one person that we're praying about, someone who doesn't know Jesus yet, but you're willing to go seek after them, befriend them if you're not already friends, introduce them to the best friend they could ever know. Our job is to scatter those seeds, those good deeds, the kind words that bring peace, the truth of God's word that gives hope to a world that so desperately needs it. We do our part. We scatter the seeds. Whew. But that's going to take some Jesus intensity and courage, y'all. Let's be honest. We're going to have to die to ourselves a little bit to get up the oomph to forge this new friendship or go out on a limb and start this conversation about faith with somebody 
who knows us all too well, <laughs> that can actually be used to our advantage if they did know you before you knew Jesus, and they can actually see how God has changed in your life, they witness the blade and the, and the wheat. <laughs> your life can be an awesome testimony for someone else. Like, hey, how'd you do that? Why are you so different? Or how can you be at peace in this situation? You can say, let me tell you about my Savior. I remember in Mark chapter 8, verse 35, it says, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for Jesus' sake, and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Plus, by sharing this good news with the ones in your life, inviting them to church, introducing them to Jesus, you're going to play a vital part in saving their life as well. And don't forget, if we do our part, we can trust that God always makes good on doing his part. While, while we're asleep or awake, whether it's night or day, the Lord is always doing his part to grow in our ones as softened hearts, removing the calluses. They're ready to hear and ready to receive the good news of Jesus' salvation. So I challenge you to go out there and sow some seeds today. Scatter generously, my friends. Eternity, eternity is on the line. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. So I challenge you to go for your crop today. Scatter those seeds. Uh, let me pray over us. Dear Lord, I thank you so much, God. I thank you for um, just our hearts, for those in our lives who uh, don't know you yet. God, you know our, you know our ones. Um, you know who they are, and uh, you are already at work uh, underground where we might not even see it, but we are, um, help us to be faithful, to scatter the seed, and um, to have the courage to, um, to share with them, uh, then plant those seeds in, in soil that is fertile and ready to be heard, Lord. And I pray for um, our church family, as we, uh, as we consider who those people might be, that you just help us to be bold and have courage and, um, and you trust you for the results of it. But let us do the scattering that we can. We love you and we lift up our day to you and pray your hand a blessing on it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, uh, that's it for me. I'll see you guys back here on Thursday for our TNT and this weekend for the next sermon series and our We Are Witnesses series. Uh, love you guys, New Hope. Have a blessed day, y'all. Bye-bye.